Hello and welcome to episode 112 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always. And with me today is Ricardo Benavides. Ricardo, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Jeremy and everybody out there in the world that would like to see people walk again with uh, spinal cord injuries. Absolutely, or any any neurological disorders that are uh, keeping you from walking. But uh, Brandon wasn't able to join us today, Ricardo, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, he, yeah. he had work to do. Or I don't know what he's doing. Well, he's putting bread on the table. Yeah. He's got his kids. He's got and, children. Yep. He's got to pick up all kinds of things. We're just two unemployed losers. <laughs> <laughs> we are. We are. Neither of us have a job other than this, I guess. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, um, yeah, it was my birthday last week and uh we i hit the big four two double 21 yeah double 21 you you and uh aunt gina and and your son dominic came and and aunt Teresa and uncle dave and yep a bunch of uh yeah i had a bunch of family together it was uh my mom was over it was a great time man it was a great time and uh yeah your mom made some uh german roladen and yeah. a nice little german meal for yeah. the german side of the family and I was drinking whiskey, and then uh, you came in. And we beer-bonged you. Yeah, started, started pulling beers out for him. I was, I was literally, I can't move my hands, but I was still double-fisting uh, drinks. Yep. That was a... Uh, that was a wild night. Um, <laughs> had a good time, though, man. You know, you got to gotta have some fun every once in a while. And, uh, yeah, it was good Good to see everybody and, and uh, appreciate all the birthday wishes I got from everyone out there. So, um yeah, thank you. I hope everybody had a happy and uh, safe Halloween also. It was, it was just this last weekend. Um, yeah, we're, we're into the real fall now with the weather up here in the northwest. Man, it's, yeah, it's getting bad. Yeah, yeah, we had some monsoon rain, rains last week. I mean, I had like six inches of water running down my street. It was Oof. pretty pretty bad you know i live right down there in the valley right along the green river and that water was all the way up to the banks yikes so yeah yeah you know um i've been contemplating like i'm just like i want to move to arizona so bad which oh. is where our guest today oh, yeah. came from. Yeah. I mean, I just want to move somewhere warm, I guess. Yeah. And people are always like, oh, it would suck to live in Arizona for the holidays. Like, you know, you don't have any change of seasons. And I'm just like, I am good with that. Well, it's getting dark now at it's, 4 o'clock, right? Yeah. 4 or 5 o'clock. And now we're going to, um, you know, lose an hour this right. weekend. Our, it's our yeah. Clocks, yeah, yeah, we turn our clocks back this week. Man, it's... Uh, yeah, that yeah. seasonal... Uh, what is it Affective season disorder, disorder. yeah like yeah that. sad is really a real thing yeah, for a lot of people i have people. a sad light in by my uh by my desk and i'm telling you man it works so good like yeah. that and that's real like there's you know when it gets when it gets grayer i have a good friend from from like elementary school and him um he went to uh, college in tacoma uh on a and played baseball and moved out like met his wife there they lived locally here in western washington for a few years well she's from Wyoming I believe mm-hmm. and out there in like the you know the the big sky country or whatever I mean that's Montana but they live in Montana now yeah. anyway so over in like Wyoming and, and Montana you get he's like yeah it might be you know negative five degrees but the sun is out every single day oh, yeah, yeah, almost yeah, yeah, so yeah. he's like yeah. uh yeah I remember him telling me that it was like he could see his wife like just go you know like going into depression every time yeah yeah fall would hit and we have 
Yeah, and what you know, people what, what Jeremy's talking about is all the great clouds here because we get you know that uh, we get it actually from the Arctic and also from the tropics. They converge around here, and there's a giant convergence sound. Yeah, yeah, we get the the Arctic push comes down with the lows and pushes all those clouds in, and then we get the moisture that comes in. You know, the Pineapple mm. Express and all those clouds. Oh right, yeah, I guess I did yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. Yeah, so. it's and, so, and it's yeah, not it's, the good kind of we have pineapple the, express. <laughs> so. We have the best. Uh, yeah, I mean, we. I swear to God, we have the best summers, like spring, summer, falls ever. But yeah. once it turns, it's like yeah, we get yeah. five months of gray weather yeah. and rain nonstop. It's so. like a nun putting you in the closet. <laughs> it's just a Catholic. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's not offend any more uh, <laughs> groups of people today. Oh. So. Well, Catholic nuns are not a fan of the show, I don't think. Probably anyway. Not. So yeah. we're good. We're good. Um, you know, yeah. This week we we did have a, a very interesting guest. Um, from her name's Carla Sanders. She is from Glendale, Arizona. Uh, she got in a car accident in Deming, New Mexico, which is funny story. You're yeah, my you're, dad's hometown. Yeah, I got a lot of family down there. I've been there several times. And it's, she mentions in the interview that basically you could blink and driving through there and, and miss yeah, it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I have an aunt. Oh God, you know they're probably in their eighties now um, or close to, and she runs the Balboa uh, Motel there. And as long as I can remember, the swimming pool uh, has no water in it. It's like a scene from um, <laughs> what is that? Uh, Nicholas Cage movie uh, uh, Con Air, you oh, know yeah. <laughs> that that hotel scene where yeah. the pool is the little girl and a psychopath. That's what that pool reminds me of. Yeah, yeah no yeah. kidding. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah I, I can't imagine yeah. that many good things have happened at the Balboa Motel yeah, yeah. in Deming, New Mexico. No, but um, yeah. So Carla was, uh, you know, injured in a car accident in. Deming, New Mexico, just after Thanksgiving in 2017, had to be airlifted to uh, El Paso, which is when you're, I know when your dad passed away, you told me that he had to, yeah, same thing, yeah. same, same situation, because there's, not a car accident, but yeah, yeah, right. yeah he had a medical emergency, and they're, uh, you know, they don't have a big hospital, they have a clinic in Deming, and mm-hmm. so, you know, any help is, you know, two hours away by car, and, you know, air, airlifting is the only way to get there, so. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Again, thank God they were able to get her to, to, uh, El Paso and, and, you know, get her into, uh, surgery and, and, uh, get her rehabbing quickly. And, um, you know, she talks a little bit about, uh, you know, after, so she's like almost three years into her accident. Like I said, it happened just after Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, I believe, in 2017 i think she said or maybe it's 2018 sorry it was yeah. 2018 i apologize um but she yeah i mean she um has been able to go get some stem cells in mexico yeah which is i was because she was talking about them like it was like a local clinic that she was going to so i i kind of you know dug in and, and tried to find out where and and yeah so she actually travels to mexico to get these stem cell yeah, it's like right across the border done. right yeah. mm-hmm so that's cool and you know because and like we've talked about before it just it it sucks that we have to go out of the country to get things that can actually help us right right you know i mean and that 
whether that's in you know South Korea or you know China Asia or yeah. or yeah in in South America whatever the case may be it's, uh, uh, Portugal Portugal we've talked about yeah. I know they've done some cool things in Poland uh, it's just too bad that like you know this is like the one the one thing that the the U.S. isn't really cutting edge on um, as far as medical yeah. medical procedures go but um, yeah and then we you know Carla talks about actually when we got off the phone or when we we're getting off of the zoom call uh she told me that she's in the process of writing a book as well so i'm gonna try to get her back on when that book is getting ready to come out and um yeah, yeah. i just thought i thought it was an interesting yeah. story and and uh you know she does a lot of of uh, you know she really pushes herself when it comes to rehab and trying to get better from this thing and, yeah yeah and you know her story has one common theme is uh, that i see in a lot of these things is that uh, either you're a victim of speed or you're in a car that's speeding and uh, sometimes you're not wearing your seatbelt. and unfortunately yeah. you know she talks about what what happened what precipitated her injury and uh, it's it's a sad story but right. uh, you know she's making the best of her situation she has a young daughter and mm -hmm. she wants to be a role model and uh, that's inspiring absolutely absolutely and the you know the funny thing is, is that they not funny um nothing regarding this injury is funny but the uh, when my accident happened i i remember hearing that if i would have been wearing my seatbelt, i probably would have been killed because i got thrown out of the car but i guess the car was so damaged um especially that that, that side front seat yeah. um front passenger side was so so uh broken up that i they think i probably would have died in the car if i would have you know wouldn't have flown yeah. out of it yeah. so well that's what my um, dad used to say he said the only reason they want you to wear the seatbelt is so they can don't have to look for you so. <laughs> oh that's terrible <laughs> that's not true but uh, wear your seatbelts yeah wear your seatbelt yeah but yeah well let's get to uh to carla sanders here and we will talk to you guys on the other side all right sounds good chair this week on the Live to Walk Again podcast, we are very excited to visit with Carla Sanders. Carla is a spinal cord injury survivor. She's a warrior on wheels, and she is in the real estate industry. Carla, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you for having me, Jimmy. I'm, I'm excited. I am too. I am too. So, you know, for anybody that doesn't already know your story, can you give us a little backstory on how you were injured? Um, yeah, I can give you a, a short overview. On Friday, November 23rd, the day after Thanksgiving that year, um, 2018, I was involved in a car accident and which led to a spinal cord injury. I actually had two fusions on, I had a cervical injury at a level C3, and then I had a T12 incomplete um, at that point, I had no idea what was going on. Like when I had my car accident, all I remember, everything was going in slow motion. <laughs> and I remember yelling out for help. Well, it actually started the day, this, the Friday, you know, after, after you're all tricked up. The next day, me and my nephews, typically, we like to play football or basketball, get together. And so we decided to play basketball that Friday. Um, we went off to our local park and there was this this kid that my nephew had invited for Thanksgiving dinner who wanted to test drive a Camaro that I had 
And, you know, I, I never, I didn't let anybody drive that Camaro, but that day he's like, well, can I at least ride with you? And so I said, you know, yeah, no, no foul, no harm. So I allowed him to go in with me and, and take, you know, just drive, drive along with me. And then as we were driving, he's like, well, let me just test drive it. It seems like, you know, I'm not, nothing's going to happen. Well, who knew that I, that afternoon I was going to have a car accident that was going to change my life. He lost control of the wheel. We were in the pavement. There was like a, a dip on the road. And all I remember was him kind of, I guess he wanted, or he was trying to avoid the dip, but he actually swerved to the left and we flipped. All I remember was, which was a kind of a dumb idea for me to do, but at that moment, you, you don't think about it. Um, I took off my seatbelt whenever I saw that he was gonna um, catch that dip. I tried to help him gain control of the wheel, but then I don't remember anything after that. All I remember was waking up and yelling out for help. And then I remember like blacking in and out and then the paramedics coming in. And I remember telling the lady, I can't feel my legs and then blacking out again. And then um, I remember also opening my eyes and then looking at the wheel, I guess they had me face, face down. And when I opened my eyes, I saw the tire. It was just kind of like at a weird angle. I'm like, oh my God, is this happening? Like, what is going on? It was like a dream, like a nightmare. And so um, the paramedics took me in. They airlifted me to the nearest trauma center, which was El Paso, Texas, because my accident wasn't here in Phoenix, Arizona. It was actually in New Mexico. And that's when I woke up. I remember like just everything was, it was just not normal. It was kind of like a dream or like a nightmare. And I remember speaking to my nephew and um, asking him, hey, the doctors say that I'm broken, but they're going to be able to fix me, right? Those are like the first words that came out of my mouth. Like I couldn't believe what was going on. And then um, I did have my cervical fusion. I'm actually fused from my skull, from my skull all the way to C4. And then from um, my T9 all the way to TL1. So I'm pretty tight. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. So what, I guess, what is your official, like, what do they say your level, um, your injury level is? Do you, well, have, do you have effects of like a C3, C4 injury? Or can you, I mean, it seems like you can move your hands pretty well. And, and I could. Off. I had to regain, I had to regain movement of my right hand because when I woke up from surgery, I couldn't move it at all. And everybody was trying to help me regain movement of of my right hand, of my upper extremities. So on Saturday, um, the day after my accident, I remember that they focused on my cervical fusion. And um, then on Sunday, they did my lower back. And I remember at therapy, I was in there for about a week in uh, the ICU. Then right after the ICU, I went straight into therapy. They just focused on my upper extremities. They had, they don't even want to touch my legs. They're like, there's no use that you can't, you have it, no movement. So my nephew, who is actually practicing physical therapy in El Paso, he would actually go after his job from four to like nine. Sometimes I remember he would be there from five for five hours every single day, moving my legs, putting the um, like NMES um, like the, the stimulation. 
And he was the one that would focus on my legs because Highlands Therapy, which was the place that I was going to in El Paso, they wouldn't even move my legs. They, they said, there's no use. And so um, I was there in El Paso for three months before I came back to Phoenix. And then wow. I, I started therapy here in Arizona. Wow. Wow. Um, did you, so you had some family, you said your nephew was in, in El Paso as well, or how mm-hmm. far, I guess, how far, I don't know how far New Me- El Paso is from the part, part of New Mexico you got hurt in. But. Yeah. So Deming, New Mexico, it's like a tiny small town. It's off of I-10. If you blink it, you miss it. <laughs> so um, that was where I was born and raised. And we always go down there for, for holidays, mostly Thanksgiving. Um, that is about an hour and a half away from El Paso. It's west of El Paso. Oh, that, well, that's and, good that it wasn't too far away from family. No, it, no, it wasn't at all. And so my fam, most of my family is from, from Phoenix, Arizona. When my accident happened, most of them drove down to El Paso, Texas. For the first, I want to say, so it happened in November. December, January, February, and March, I was in therapy in El Paso, and my family would come and go, come and go. So finally, in April, or the the end of March, I decided to come back home to Phoenix, and then I, you know, I, I continue to have that family support here in Arizona, and I entered into, I registered into my um, Spooner therapy. They are by far, I'm not going to say like the greatest therapy center here in Arizona, but I have, I, w- I went to Barrows and then because Barrows is a brain and spine therapy place and they focused more on the exoskeleton, which is great. And I tried it, but I wasn't a fan of the exoskeleton because when I was going to Spooner, now <laughs> I can talk wonders about Spooner because Spooner has helped me from like day one, from the day of my evaluation, they were like, what is your goal? And obviously everyone's goal is, you know, I want to walk. That was, that was my ultimate goal. I want to walk. Tanner, who is still my physical therapist today, he never looked at me and said, that is never going to happen. So he said, let's set your goals and we're going to, we're going to go a day at a time and we're gonna make sure we, we meet all of those goals for you. And he tried anything and everything with me. We had some KFOs done for me. So I, the first, I wanna say, um, the first couple months that I was with Tanner, he suggested the KFOs. We got them done and then I had them within a couple of months and we were walking with them on the, on the, on the parallel bars. But even before the pillow bars, we were, we had like three therapists helping me walk without KFOs, you know how your knees don't lock. We had Tanner sweating and all the PTAs sweating, but they didn't give up on me. They were just 100% in it with me. And that, that helped me push more, even, even the days that I was in pain, I was excited to go to therapy just because I knew how much they believed in me and how strong they saw me, even though I felt weak, but they saw me as a strong individual. And they are the ones that gave me that fuel to keep going. And they would tell me otherwise, they would be like, no, you're the fuel that keeps us like wanting to push so that you could keep going. And um, 
I went to a couple of different places here in Arizona, but I always end up going back to Spooner. So I've been with Spooner from, from the moment I got to Arizona from April of 2019, and I'm still currently with them. Oh, that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. really cool. Uh, you know, and kind of tying into that, I was, I wanted to know how, you know, acclimating back into your regular life, you know, with a spinal cord injury was for you. I mean, how, uh, how much, uh, I guess, movement did you have coming home? Were you able to live on your own? Um, still, I'm assuming you were living on your own when, when the accident happened. How, how did that go coming back to Phoenix and, and getting back into the swing of, of your day-to-day -day life? Well, yeah, as you know, with every spinal cord injury, every, every spinal cord injury is different. So when I was in El Paso, I was in that environment where everyone's helping me. Nobody's leaving me alone, not even, not even while I sleep. My sister slept with me in my room and I had that 24-hour care. And when I came to Arizona, it was, it was like that for a while, but then people start living their life, people leave, friends leave, and then you have to start adjusting yourself to reality. That's when reality hit. And as you know, there are five stages of grief. And I think that I was stuck in that denial section for such a long time. I can honestly say that I was stuck in that denial um, phase for like maybe a year because my family was like, oh no, you, you're, you're so strong to be in a chair. You can, you can do this, you can fight this. I had no idea how serious a spinal cord injury was. I was, I had no clue how important our spine, our spine is. And as I, as I got educated, as time went by, I started to kind of started to sink in. And then um, when I came back home, um, obviously, like people leave, friends leave, you have to adjust to that life. And I hit that depression stage and I didn't want to get out of my bed. The only time I would get out of bed was when I had to go to therapy and I was going to therapy three times a week. Um, and I had an in-home therapist come and he would, you know, he's like, Carly, you can do this. Let's, let, let's keep going. Let's keep pushing. And when people like that would come outside in, I would get motivated and I would be, okay, let's go. Let's hit this at hundred miles an hour. But then when they would leave, I would come back to bed and I wouldn't leave my room. And I was in like that depression mode. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I, I have to get out of this chair. So my mindset was get out of this chair. I did not, I can, I can honestly tell you that for the first couple of months, I didn't even order a wheelchair. When I, when I got out of the, um, when I got out of the hospital into therapy, I didn't even want to get on the wheelchair. I'm like, that's not my chair. I don't want it at all. So um, now this is going to be my third year. On the 23rd is my third year birth year. I can honestly tell you that I still haven't found a chair that fits me. I've gone on a third on my third wheelchair and I still, I don't feel comfortable. And that adjustment stage from going from um, all family takes care of you to nobody takes care of you. I honestly feel that it had to happen because had I relied on all my family, had I relied on my friends, I probably wouldn't be as independent as I am today. I actually just started driving this year, 2021, in February of 2021, um, because I relied on my brother to take me, my sister, and I, I wasn't being as independent as I possibly could have been. But, you know, things happen. And so I, I focused on, I am going to be 
a better version of myself of you know the situation that I'm in and that's when I started driving and everything kind of changed for me as as I am now I'm still learning every day obviously and this is like I said I'm, I'm really going to hit my third year this year so I'm still going through like the the five stages of grief I believe but it's so much better now than it was like the first two years I can tell you that much. Oh, that, that's great that you, uh, congratulations on getting, being able to start driving again and, you know, kind of working, working through that stuff and seeing, you know, and, and that's really one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is because I feel like, um, you know, some of your workout posts on Instagram are, are just so, uh, motivational and, uh, really, you know, you, you definitely inspire people. Um, uh, and I know we were talking before that you said you don't post a whole lot. You try to yeah. try to live life more than, uh, you know, taking pictures for, for social media. But uh, yeah, it's definitely, definitely caught my eye. And um, yeah, I think that what you're doing is, is awesome. So I'm, you know, I'm glad you were able to get through some of that depression. And, you know, I, I know like with a spinal cord injury, it never really leaves. Like it's always kind of can creep back in on you when, when yeah. you kind of least expect it, but you know, it seems like you're, uh, you're doing, doing really well. So congratulations with that. Thank you. Well, um, when I decided to get on social media, I honestly, from, I remember telling you that I wasn't, I didn't want to be on a chair. I was embarrassed to be seen on a chair. And so I didn't, I decided to open this social media because people were asking me, so how are you doing? I, I didn't allow a lot of people in after my accident. A lot of people wanted to be a part of my life and see how I was doing, see how I was recovering. But because the spinal cord, obviously spinal cord injury, it's a very, very, very slow recovery process as you, as we all know. I had no knowledge um, about how fast I could I could set a goal and actually accomplish that goal. And I used to be the type of person I set a goal in six months, I'm gonna reach that goal. But whenever it came to a spinal cord injury, I would set a goal and then my goal deadline was approaching and I had my my goal wasn't even accomplished. So I didn't want people to think that I was a failure. But I remember one time that I decided I'm gonna open, I'm gonna start this platform and see who I connect with. I, I there was this one kid, and I won't say who who this um, kid is, just you know, for the sake of of their their own identity protection. But they reached out to me and they said that they didn't want to live with a spinal cord injury and that they were gonna commit suicide. And they reached out to me because they said, well. Uh, some people with a lot of followers, they really don't return your messages, but I'm glad that you returned my message. At that point, I think I only had like maybe a hundred followers and he, I connected with this person and I, I spoke to this person and I talked to this, per, this person out of committing suicide. And that made me feel like, you know, whether I have a million followers or a hundred followers, if I saved this person's life, I'm going to continue to do this. If it's not, I'm, I'm going to, you know, forget about how people perceive me in a wheelchair. Like that person has to, I, I have to see myself as, as this individual. I'm still strong. I'm still resilient. I'm still independent. And it doesn't matter. Like if I saved that person's life and I could do that and I could reach another person, if I could reach one person a day, then that's good enough for me. And so I started posting, maybe not as much as I should, because like I said, I go to therapy um, at least three times a week. I work out every day. Um, I, my nephew actually, he's good. 
he's a good handyman. So he built me a parallel bar. He built me a therapy table and I have a standing frame. I have the RT300 machine. I mean, I have everything that you need to improve your spinal cord injury condition. And so I work out here every day. But as far as me posting more, I feel like I do need to be a little bit more active because you never know who you could reach and you never know whose life you could save that day. But for me, knowing that I saved that person's life, like it was, it, it was like fulfilling for me. And whenever I felt that, I, I decided I want to be a life coach. And right now I'm actually going through this course where I'm, I'm learning my ways and I'm learning more about psychology and being, to be able to get to somebody in a different level and, and make them understand like it's okay that you feel this way, but we have to move past it. And if we allow that person to move past it and help that person, then, you know, that's fulfilling enough. Well, that, that is so powerful, Carla. That's really amazing that, that you're able to help that person. And, and yeah, I mean, just kind of, you know, talk them out of committing suicide. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. I mean, that's, yeah, that's all you can ask for, um, you know, through social, being able to connect with somebody through social media. That's, that's so amazing. Uh, you know, and, and I know that you, I was going to ask you about um, your daughter, because I know you had mentioned when we were trying to schedule a time that you had to pick your daughter up from school or something like that. And yeah, I just was wondering, like, what was that situation like dealing with a spinal cord injury? You have a, have a child. Um, I mean, that had to have been a pretty, a pretty, uh, you know, huge thing. And, you know, that you're trying to battle a spinal cord injury as well as raise a child. I mean, it is tough, but thanks to her, it allows me to keep going. At first, I felt, what's the purpose? What's the point? I'm going to live. I, yes, I survived this car accident, but I'm going to live in chronic pain. Like, there is not a day that goes by that I don't feel pain. I suffer from chronic, from chronic um, pain every single day. And the only way that I can get rid of that pain is being active. And that is why I am so active. But there are days where I, I felt like, what's the purpose? But she was the purpose. She was my motivation. She was the person that would look at me and say, mommy, when you walk again, do you think we can go to Disneyland? And that is why I wanted to get out of the chair because I felt that I was, that I, um, that I didn't, I, I felt that she just wasn't, not that she wasn't gonna accept me in a chair, but she was waiting for me to get out of the chair to go to Disneyland or to kind of live our life. Um, she was nine years old at the time of my accident and she doesn't really understand what's going on. She thought it was something temporary, like breaking your arm, you remove the cast and voila, it's all done. But as time went by, she became a little depressed and she, I feel like she went with the, through the, through the stages of grief with me as well. There was a point in time where she was super depressed. I couldn't get her out of the house. Um, but I feel that things had to happen in a way that they did again, because now she is an incredible little girl. She's 11 years old now. She cooks, she cleans, she washes her own clothes. She, I mean, um, she loves photography. She's just, if you speak to her, it's kind of like speaking to an older person because she's just so motivated. And before I felt like I'm letting her down. Why did I, you know, this accident? And I didn't blame anybody. The person that was driving the vehicle, 
um, I never, people wanted me to sue him and, and do this. My, my insurance company, or I'm sorry, my lawyers wanted me to sue this person. I'm like, I don't hold any resentment against this kid. You know, it was an accident. It could have happened to anybody. But when I saw my daughter in that, she was angry. She was depressed. She was sad. I think it hit her more than it hit me. But um, she's actually my fuel to keep going, honestly. And she is the, the type of person that will, she gets angry. Of course she does. And sometimes she gets really frustrated because of we have to do things um, a different way. But I think she now she's learning how to cope with it and she sees that as our new normal. And that is great because I've never taught her how to be weak. Even, even at my weakest, I remember one time I was in the shower and I, I broke down because I had a lot of pain. I, I was here by myself and um, she's like, mommy, or, or somebody asked me if I ever cried in front of her. I think it was one of our counselors because I put her in therapy for a while. And they're like, you have to, do you cry in front of her? And I said, no, I don't, I don't, I try not to. And she's like, yeah, mommy, you cry in the shower because I hear you. And so I just try not to show her my weakness because I want her to understand that even though you have um, weak moments, like you still have to keep going. And I may be wrong with that, but even though like she, I mean, and this, uh, I'm going to be three years in November that led me to like major broken bones and I heal from them like I, I fell for the first time in July of 2019, but I was still working out and I was still pushing through the pain with a broken kneecap. They couldn't figure out what it was until they did MRIs. They're like, yeah, you, you need to be on bed rest. You can't be doing this for, for about four months. I was pushing through, through the pain. I was like, it must be the pain of having a spinal cord injury because you feel the pain. You just don't know where. And the thing with me is that I have spotty sensation on my legs. So I still feel the pain. And that's like a double-edged sword where I could feel, but I can't like, actually move myself as I as I as I need to and um so a lot of this pain comes from like these injuries from my falls I actually had a fall on Friday and I, I got a concussion and I bruised myself up pretty badly on both my arms and I was hurting the whole weekend of Halloween and I'm like what is going on and I remember well duh I had a fall and then I fell again yesterday so like I, I try to be so like, I, I move around a lot. I do a lot of therapy. I just want my daughter to see that just because something like there's a red light on something, you have to keep going. You can't stay stuck there. You have to find the, the motivation no matter where you are in life. I know that that's just, it, it's not a disability. It's a situation you have to work around it. You have to mold yourself. Like for example, like a blueprint, you got to change your, your life's blueprint to fit your your current situation you can't live in the past because if you live in the past you can't you can't move forward and I think that that's what she was doing she was living in the past she was waiting for me to walk in order for us to move forward with our life but now she understands um a lot more of where I come from and how this injury actually works and she she she's along like she's a little warrior right next to me she fights along with me and um but I had to sit down and explain to her because she really didn't understand what was going on but now she does and so yeah, I bet. yeah, that that's that's amazing that she's able to step up so much and yeah, I mean, be able to you know kind of grow up so quick and, and do you know do a lot of stuff for herself. Like you said, she's able to cook and clean and, and all that, do her own laundry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, and so I, I was wondering, kind of switching gears just a little bit here. I know before we had talked a little bit before that we started recording that you 
um, were in commercial real estate prior to, to your injury um, right. and that you were having to kind of fly all over the country and that just, you know, you tried to go back into it afterwards. Um, you know, talk about that kind of experience of trying to get back into it and, and just not being able to, and then kind of what your, your goals are now with, with the real estate uh, industry. So, yeah, I, I had been in commercial real estate, well, just in, in real estate in general for about 15 years. And I mean, it was a, a pretty intense job, obviously commercial real estate. And I, I, I loved it a lot. I was kind of suckered into that job because I, my focus was accounting. I, I loved working just on my own with numbers and everything, but um, I was actually put in that role and I, it was, it was a change in my life that, okay, I'm going to start traveling. I'm going to start working more with, uh, other people like outside of Arizona. And that's something that I really loved to do. I engaged with other people, with vendors, with contractors, and, you know, it was, it was something that I, that helped me basically, um, understand how to, build a company from ground up as far as management goes and the, um, the, the type of like administrative accounting and how to manage each role individually. And when I had my accident, I was actually working for a local company here in Arizona, but it was also just you know, going to the going to the properties, visiting every um, every vendor, visiting all the properties, making sure that everything was working as it should. And it was a lot of movement. And obviously, after my accident, I realized I couldn't do that anymore. Um, I did try to go back to my job. I want to say sometime in July of 2019, and I worked remotely. And most of my job actually consisted of me working also behind the scenes you know, through a computer and you can get a lot of it done that way, but you need to be boots on the ground and you have to just be like super motivated. And which at that point in, in time, I really wasn't motivated. And I, I realized I can't do this. So I decided I need to focus on my recovery because my job is always going to be there. But my recovery, as you know, the first two years are essential to your recovery. And I focused hundred percent on that, on going to therapy, going to the gym, just um, trying to heal my body and recent, but that didn't stop me from going to my classes, just continuing education with real estate. And recently I just started doing, I shifted a, a little bit over into the residential portion of, um, real estate. So now I don't focus on the commercial side. I focus more on the fix and flip, the wholesaling and things like that. And I realized that more of most of that job I could actually do on my phone. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. I, I said, you know, I, I think that I need to go back into it just to keep my mind rolling because I can sit behind a computer and go to as many classes as I want. I can go to seminars. I can do that. But I need to engage my mind in something bigger. And that is what I'm working on right now. I'm trying to build up my own uh, platform as far as real estate goes with flipping homes, wholesaling. So my goal is to have at least... Um, residual income and at least $10,000 a month. And if I could own at least four homes, that would do it for me as far as income goes. Obviously my goal is a lot bigger, but that is like maybe like a 12 month goal that I have. And I just started, I mean, I the, the classes have been continuing since my the day of my accident, cause that's all I could do. I 
I educated myself when I couldn't go places. I would sit behind a computer and just learn, learn, learn. And my mind was always kind of like, well, do I want to go back to work or what do I want to do? This is a time to shift if I want to shift. But I, I mean, real estate is something that I've always liked. And so right now I'm focused on that side of real estate, residential, um, flip and fix and flip. And then I also want to do like the coaching, which I'm, I'm geared towards like maybe it's like a 50, 50, <laughs> The, 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 the real estate and, and the coaching. And I want to do the coaching just because it's something that I know that I can reach people. And I want to be that voice for, um, you know, just like that advocate for people with spinal cord injuries and helping them through cope through things that I was going through at that time earlier in my accident. But um, I'm sorry, earlier in my injury. But yeah, I mean, real estate is something that I've always, always liked. And so I, I kind of want to get set, get the ball rolling with, with this and see where it takes me. I mean, you never know. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Very cool. Uh, you know, I, I have a few, just a few questions left for you and I'll let you, you get back to it. Um, you know, I, I did notice on your social media that you had, um, ACDF spine surgery recently, yeah. <laughs> which is, I looked it up because I had no idea what that's for. I guess it's anterior cervical discectomy and fusion surgery. Yes. So you know, what was that like having to go in like, um, and, and have another, you know, spinal surgery essentially after, you know, three, almost not even three years removed from um, your spinal cord injury and um, what was like the rehabilitation of that like how much you know did it slow your mobility down things like that well um, that is actually a funny story um, I I fell <laughs> I got a new wheelchair and as I was testing it out everything I was I was getting accustomed to it I I wheeled back or maybe not even wheeled back. I just leaned back on my wheelchair, but I didn't have like the two stoppers, the, the two small stoppers on the back of the wheelchair. And I ended up falling all the way back. Um, people carried me and put me back on my chair as quickly as possible. And that happened on a Saturday. And so I came back home. I remember I was at my sister's house. I came back home and I remember having a headache and the next day I couldn't really get out of bed. And then I let it go until Wednesday. On Wednesday, I called my sister and said, hey, I can't feel my arms. She's like, well, can you move your arms? I'm like, I can move them, but I can't feel them. Like I, I, they didn't even feel tingly. I just couldn't feel them at all. And I'm like, I'm scared. I think I need to go to the doctor. So she came, picked me up. We went um, to St. Joseph's Hospital. Um, obviously it's like the, the biggest center for, for brain and, and cervical, I mean, spinal cord injury. They specialize with spinal cord injury patients. So we went and they're like, yeah, you're not getting out of here. You you pinched your, your cervical and you can't really see my scar that much. But um, I since you're, you already know that I'm fused from my skull down to C4. So they told me that my C4 vertebrae was kind of pinching into my C5 and it had already kind of dug in there. They had to go in and, and conduct that surgery. So they did, it's a, it's a minimal invasive, but it seems like, to me, it was a little scary because I'm like, well, am I gonna lose function of my arms? Like what's gonna happen? And it was literally in and out. I think the procedure was only like three hours long. Um, the recovery time from my neck to heel was about three months. So during that time, 
I was just on bed rest. I did literal, like honestly, almost anything. I, I went and got some stem cells injected. I know the doctor told me not to, but I did it anyways, because when I did the stem cells, I, I feel like my recovery time was less than it should have been. And I felt a lot of pain, but after the stem cell injections, I didn't feel pain at all. And I'm a hundred percent like down for stem cell injections anytime because they have helped me through my recovery. I have gained a lot through them. And I know a lot of people are, are opposed to stem cell therapy, but I highly recommend stem cell therapy. And so going into that surgery, it was very, very difficult. And um, my doctor, Dr. Carla, he reassured me like, this is just, he's like, I do a hundred of them like a year. So don't worry about it. This is so he reassured me and um, I felt a little bit more comfortable after that. It wasn't painful at all, like my neck. Um, there's really no limitation because I already have my skull, my fused skull from, from my skull down to C4, but now I have my C4 to C5. So my rotation is very, very limited. He did tell me that at some point we can actually remove the, the fusion from my skull to my C4 because at the beginning, the reason that they put that was to stabilize my neck. He's like, well, we can probably take that out and you can probably have more rotation. And that's something that I'm actually considering. But yeah, that didn't limit me at all. Actually, my arms, they feel stronger after that surgery because um, when I had my first surgery, every time I would look up, I would feel my arms tingling. And after that surgery, it stabilized my neck and I don't feel that at all anymore. So it was actually a good thing that that happened because eventually I probably would have needed it at some point. Wow, that, that's, uh, yeah, that, that would be terrifying having like not being able to feel your arms all of a sudden yeah. after, after a spinal cord, and, you know, like my goodness, I'm glad you uh, made it through that okay and that you're feeling better now and, and that you, <laughs> uh, hopefully, and then hopefully you can get that, uh, that upper uh, upper fusion taken reversed or whatever and, and yeah. get, get a little movement back. That would be great. Um, and then, yeah, Carla, I wanted to ask you, uh, you know, faith seems to be like a pretty driving force in your recovery and, um, you know, like some of your social media posts. And I just mm -hmm. wanted to know kind of what in your own words, kind of what that, what your faith means to you and how that's kind of helped get you through uh, dealing with this injury. Well, faith is anything that gives you strength to keep moving forward after a spinal cord injury or any injury for that means that limits your ability to, to move your limbs. Like a lot of people lose hope. They don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so I think that um, from day one, I never, I was never angry about it. I just, I never even said, why me? Why did this happen to me? It was something, it was almost as if this happened to me for a reason. And I'm still trying to figure out that reason, like what I need, what my purpose is. And I'm very early within my journey to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what that is. And my faith has kept me strong as far as I know that there is something, someone more powerful than us here and that is helping us move, us move forward. Um, I go to sleep, I pray, I, you know, I, I read my Bible daily. I do um, have that connection with God that I didn't have before and that has helped me. Maybe it's not helped, it hasn't helped me gain things, but it has helped me lose depression. It has helped me lose um, anxiety. 
So with that in itself, it's helped me gain more of my recovery than I, than I probably would have without having that faith that I do have. And it's probably not as strong as it should be because there are those moments that I have like that chronic pain that I really don't even want to talk to anybody or see anyone, or, or I just want to soak in my room. But then I think about it. I'm like, what am I going to do in my room? And there are those days that I do my Netflix runs and, you know, I sit there and just watch whatever's on Netflix that day. But then I grab, I have this app on my phone and it's, a, it's the Bible app. And just skimming through that a couple of minutes a day, it kind of like recharges me. And I think there is really no true definition of faith. It's just what gives you that hope to keep going. And that's, that's what gives me my hope, just my faith in God and just my faith in knowing that there is something stronger than us that, that is pushing us to keep going, that is pushing us to keep meeting our goals. And even though we fall, we, it's important to keep get back up and keep going. Because if you stay stuck, like you're not going to accomplish anything. Yeah, well said, well said, for sure. Um, and the one other thing I wanted to ask you about before I let you go, uh, it was the, so the, the young man that was driving in a car when you got injured, um, you know, and you said that you don't, you don't blame him or anything. Was he injured or anything during the accident? Um, so he obviously didn't take off his seatbelt. He wasn't, he wasn't as dumb as I was, <laughs> but he had the same injuries that I did, except his were non-operable. And he walked out of the hospital like he he had like a chipped C4 something on his vertebrae like C4 and we couldn't get a lot of information on him because we really didn't know him. He was just um, one of my nephew's friends, but my friend said he didn't even know him. He had just met him. So we couldn't get any information on him. The only thing that they told us is that he was good and he walked out with a neck brace. So wow. Yeah. yeah, it's it's crazy how that happens. They say you know, whoever's driving the car usually walks away unscathed in, in yeah. situations like that. So that's uh that's I mean yeah, I'm I'm glad I guess nobody else got hurt and mm -hmm. but, yeah, that's that's too bad and um that that's really huge that you're able to to forgive him and, and kind of you know move yeah forward. move forward. I mean, there's no reason to to lose energy on that. I figured my energy has to go to my recovery and anything negative, you just kind of have to push it aside and focus on what is right for you and your recovery because soaking on, on blame, it's not gonna do any good. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, the only other thing I wanted, uh, I, I wanted to give people a chance to connect with you if you could um, give out your social media links. I don't know if you have anything other than Instagram or if you're just on Instagram, uh, but if you could give that out for everyone and I'll link it to the, to the podcast as well. Yeah. I mean, I do have a TikTok. <laughs> I have zero videos up. Like I said, I'm trying to connect, but I'm not really that good with social media. I'm going to try harder here um, in the future, but I do have a TikTok and I have um, an Instagram that I'm active on and it's the same. Carla underscore Al underscore Sanders. It's the same for both. And I do want to try to post more of my recovery things on there, more, more of my recovery videos, because 
I've done therapies that I know would help people with spinal cord injuries because they have certainly helped me. I have tried anything from cryotherapy to um, the oxygen chamber from stem cells from like just anything and everything that I can do therapy wise, I try and I have found a lot a lot of benefits from doing those type of therapies and yeah re real uh, quick why don't you tell us you know some of the ones that you had good success with um as well, far as cryotherapy yeah cryotherapy i started doing that um early into my my recovery when i came back to arizona i actually met one of uh, the flight attendants on american airlines and he's like, oh, I have a friend who has a spinal cord injury who also got stem cells and he's walking now and he is doing really good. And he used to do cryotherapy and I took, and he took me to a cryotherapy place. So I would get, I would go there at least twice a month. And what they do is that they put you in this huge chamber and they literally put you like in a, a room that's below zero for at least two minutes. I think the highest you could go is three minutes. But what that does, it's like, it takes your, um, it takes your body and I guess the cold regenerates healthy cells and it helps them kind of regroup and then just regenerate healthier. And I did notice a lot of, because I suffer from inflammation, I noticed that the week that I would go into cryo, um, that following week, I didn't suffer from inflammation and I could actually be super more act, like super active and do my workouts and my therapy sessions just like as nothing and then the another thing that i do is a hyper chamber and it's a big chamber machine that you put you get in and they put an oxygen mask on you and it's like a 50 minute thing that they that you breathe and it's supposed to help also with inflammation i don't know exactly how that works but they put you below sea level and then you just breathe into like this mask and it helps with your, it helps your lungs. And during COVID, I, I was lucky enough to never get sick from, like even, even with the flu or anything during that season. And I was going through the, the high, um, I'm sorry, the oxygen chamber at that time. And I, I do that once a month on Friday and Monday for three hours at a time. And, you know, it's, it helps me kind of just um, re-energized and kind of like a presses a reset button on you and say, okay, um, start all over again. And it, it, it just keeps those healthy cells from um, re rejuvenating. <laughs> and then I also, I mean, I also do like the, the IV, the IV injections with that are, that have like the olive, I don't know exactly what all the vitamins are, vitamin B, magnesium, and it's just like a boost of energy that you get as well. And I do those once a month along with getting into the, the oxygen chamber. Um, I also do stem cells. Like I said, I know a lot of people don't like stem cells, but I inject stem cells into my body at least once every two months. And that's, they, they either take your bone marrow or they take your own blood and they mix it with stem cells. They re-inject them where you have inflammation or where you're suffering from pain. And I've noticed, um, when I go and I get my, my set of stem cells, I just have so much energy and that has helped me. And I've noticed because there's been times where I can't go for like two months at a time and I'm drained. I have no, like no energy at all. Even if I take my vitamin Bs or anything, 
I can't, I can't like reboost like usually whenever I go and, and get my stem cells inject, injections, those, they reboot me within, within an instant and I'm like back to 100%. Um, I also started with first form, I think this July, and those supplements have also like, they are a game changer. I, it's helped me regain a lot of my, um, I couldn't eat for a lot of times. I was losing a lot of weight. I couldn't gain my strength. And so when I started with those supplements, I noticed that I'm more, more active also with, and my digestive system is on tack and even my pain levels have gone down with, with those supplements. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I wanted to know with the stem cells, since they're derived from your own body, from your Mm -hmm. bone marrow or your blood, um, are they, so it's not something you have to go out of country to do, like you're able to get those at a a local place there in Phoenix? Um, You can get them. Yeah, you can get them in Arizona. I personally, I know the doctor from Rocky Point, he used to actually come to Phoenix and, and um, he used to do the procedures here in Phoenix, but then when COVID hit, they were restricted from coming into the country. So he has his own office in Mexico and that's where I go. His name is Dr. Padilla and he has his office there, but he has an office there and in another location in Mexico, but this uh, Rocky Point is the closest one to me. So I go there at least once a month. Oh, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, Carla Sanders, thank you so much for kind of, you know, telling us your story and, and, what what's been working for you and, and yeah we wish you all the best uh moving forward and you know with your uh yeah with the in the real estate world and in your recovery it seems like things are going pretty well and and you're starting to rebound a little bit yeah thank you thank you for having me it was a pleasure giving you my story sharing my story because sometimes you know we don't really people see us they they see a spinal cord injury patient and they're like well you know it sucks to be you, but honestly, like sometimes things have to happen in order for you to evolve and even be a better person than you were before. So, yeah, yeah, well, that that's well said again. Thank you so much. It was it was a pleasure and uh, we'll definitely try to catch up down the road a ways. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. All right, Carla. Thank you. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. All right, that was Carla Sanders. Uh, I want to thank her again for coming on the show. That it was great to visit. I just love being able to provide a platform for people to, you know, tell their stories, tell their their truth. And you know, Ricardo, I thought a really interesting point that she made about the driver of the car that in her accident. Oh yeah, yeah. Was yeah. that she? Yeah. forgave him you know she didn't i guess she hasn't really talked to him but she just was like i yeah. you know i forgive him we've been talking a lot about that on this podcast i've you know recently had contact with with the guy that was driving the car yeah. the night of my accident and so i just yeah it's kind of uh kind of how the you know the universe yeah. works in mysterious ways when the you know, things keep kind of coming at you like that yeah. so yeah my dad always said uh you know that if you hate somebody or angry or something it leaves a little black mark on your soul and because that anger is you know within you and you gotta let that go right and uh, that's so freeing to do that even though 
I mean, because usually the people that you're angry at or you hold a, a grudge against don't even know it, right? Right. So you got to let that stuff go. And I, I think that's a, a powerful message that she had in there. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I like that she's really, um, you know, she's, and the other thing, so she told me, like I said, that she's in the process of writing a book and that she is about, she, and I think she mentioned it in the interview there just briefly, but she does um, like life coaching or right. she's like studying to become a life coach. Yeah, because she recognized, um, you know, how her accident impacted her family right. you know, and her daughter and um, how, you know, her, you know, like most parents, you know, I, I you know, I have two kids, you know, you mm -hmm. want to do everything for them. Right. And right. sometimes uh, adversity uh, really brings out their true character and shows what they can really do. Right. And, yeah. And that, and that was the case with her, her daughter. So, and, you know, and she talked about her daughter becoming depressed after yeah. just like she was yeah. after the accident. And yeah, that's like, I can't imagine what it would be like to have a child while you're going, through, especially a young child, while you're going through this injury, just like Lizzie Martinez. Yep, yep. Um, you know, there's countless people that we've had on the show over the last couple of years that have have children that are, you know, had to adapt, had to yeah. learn you know, a different way to deal with mom and dad. Now mom can't maybe pick you up and hold you like she used to, or, or, uh, you know, dad or can't, take you to school yeah, or just yeah. whatever the case may be. Like they have, they, you know, and, and that, you know, I, I feel like you have to really figure out how to take care of yourself at some point because, and, and she mentioned this too. It's like there's family is everywhere during right after the accident, right? As you the know, immediate yep, aftermath. Yep, yep. and then at some point everybody has to go back to their lives and has to, and you have to get into your new reality and figure out how to, how to get through. Yeah. And, yeah you know, and battle depression and bad. I mean, I, I'm sure there's not a single person that has suffered this injury that wasn't, you know, hasn't been depressed on some level yeah. at some point in time. Like there's just no chance that that doesn't happen. I, I think it's just how you deal with that yeah. and move forward from it. Yeah. I think a number of the guests have kind of talked about that adjustment, right? This like, you know, I, I'm, you know, I was a athlete, a sports athlete. And now I'm somebody in a wheelchair right. and you get defined by that chair and you don't want to you know, you don't want that moniker around you, right? Yeah. Because that's not how you saw yourself. That's not how you see yourself even today, right? Right. You're just a person that uses this tool, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. And, and you know, I've talked about it before on the show, too, that, you know, for the first probably 10 years after my accident, like, I didn't want to be around other people in wheelchairs because I thought that was like a... I, I yeah I didn't because I didn't want to be in a wheelchair I didn't think of my I was just like this this is temporary right, right yeah, this isn't yeah. gonna last very long I'm gonna be able to walk again yeah blah 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 um and so I didn't want to be around other people in wheelchairs I didn't want to be in a wheelchair I didn't even want to think that way and I I feel bad about that now too because like people are you know people that we've talk to on this show that are dealing with spinal cord injuries are freaking awesome man and they do cool shit and they're just like me they're just like you they're yep. just like anybody yeah exactly so and that that's the that's the point of this whole thing i think yeah yeah you gotta get, you know that stigma needs to be broken right yes yeah yes yeah 100 percent. So, yeah so um it was a great interview good job jeremy you know, um, right now, I wish I was in Glendale, Arizona. Maybe uh, 
It's 86 degrees there. I just checked on my phone. Man, Jesus. <laughs> so. Yeah, I wish I'd, I could deal with some 86 degree weather as I watch the rain hit hit the windows at the Live to Walk Again studio here uh, sideways right now. Yeah. So that would uh, that would be fun to be down there. I can't wait to uh, to go to some warm weather soon, sooner than later for sure. But um, yeah, I think that I think that's a wrap. Yep. on this episode you know if you can like listen rate review and share the podcast we would be eternally grateful uh you know it helps us with the algorithms we're on any platform that that you can listen to podcasts on and uh, we appreciate your your support once again we're just trying to find a cure for paralysis yep and brandon will be back next week with any luck absolutely 